First half of chapter 33 of Organic Evolution. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Organic Evolution by Richard Swan Blow. Chapter 33 Incursion of Modernized Mammals and Evolution of Carnivores. We have spoken of the modernized mammals in contradistinction to the archaic forms. It is necessary now to define the former more precisely. They include practically all existing mammals and some which have become extinct, together with their forebears, such as Carnivora vera, true officipid carnivores, Rodentia, gnawing animals, Perissodactyla, odd-toed ungulates, Arteodactyla, even-toed ungulates, Proboscidea, elephants and mastodons, primates, lemuroids and monkeys insectivora insectivores included by some authorities among the archaic mammals cetacea and sirenia whales and sea cows in contrast with the archaic forms the modernized types are all creatures of high potentiality and where they became extinct were rather the victims of circumstance than creatures which died because of lack of adaptability although certain groups seem to have run a natural course and their extinction was heralded by evidences of racial senility. As the archaic forms were characterized by lack of progressive brain and feet and teeth, so the modernized races were distinguished by the possession sometimes of one, as in primates, sometimes of two, as in elephants, again by all three, as in horses, of these destiny-controlling organs. But, in general, the modernized animals were progressive, highly adaptable forms. Place of origin of the modernized mammals. The simultaneous appearance of the earliest of the modernized mammals in Europe, latitude 50 degrees north, and North America, latitude 40 degrees north, points to some contiguous landmass of the original home of these creatures. Hence, in 1903, Wartman, as a result of his studies of the Eocene mammalia in the Yale collection, assumed the existence of a grand northern common center of evolution and dispersal, both for plants and animals. A glance at the map drawn on the North Polar projection will show how logical such an assumption is, and, with the evidence very clearly before us of the repeated recurrence of a land bridge across what is now Bering Strait, how readily migrants from a circumpolar land could follow the three great continental radii to the south, arriving synchronously in widely separated lands. Of course, the theory of circumpolar origin of these mammals assumes a climate far different from that which now characterizes this region, but that it was formerly warm and equable is abundantly proved by the finding on the coast of Greenland of the remains of a subtropical flora. Thus he describes cycads and associated species of plants in the lower Cretaceous Comanchian as indicating a mean temperature of 70 degrees to 72 degrees Fahrenheit, a temperature equal to that of Cuba, and the same flora existing in Spitsbergen and in Alaska proves that this temperature was widely distributed. Deployment There is always a tendency on the part of every group of animals, as their numbers increase, to spread from their ancient home along lines of least resistance, provided no climatic or other insuperable barriers are to be overcome, and that may well have been one very potent cause for the southward migration of the modernized hordes. But, there was an additional incentive, for throughout the early tertiary there is evidence of climatic variation and of a very gradual cooling of the northern climate 
and the consequent southward retreat of the higher plants and mammals which occurred as a succession of migratory waves. In this way, there came first the least hardy like the insectivores and the primates, the latter especially depending so largely upon the tropical forests for their sustenance that any change either in extent or character of their habitat would be reflected in their distribution at once. Perissodactyls, horse and taper-like forms, also came speedily, and the true carnivores, primitive dog-like forms, likewise soon appeared. There is reason to believe, however, that throughout the whole pre-Pleistocene Cenozoic period, the northerly region Holarctica was highly favorable to the evolution and migration of the higher forms of the mammalia. It must be remembered, however, that the actual center from which these animals suddenly spread into Europe and North America is still hypothetical and will not be determined until the basal Eocene fossil mammal beds in the unknown portions of America and Asia shall have been discovered. Whatever the exact place of origin, the result of the incursion of the progressive forms was their speedy usurpation of the habitat of the unprogressives, and, as we have seen, the gradual elimination of the latter, largely through an unbearable competition. It is of these modernized mammals that we shall now speak, turning our attention to the following well-known and highly interesting groups, some of which, notably the horses, played no little part in the worldwide acceptance of the evolutionary hypothesis. These groups are 1. Carnivora, especially the felines, 2. Proboscidea, mastodons and elephants, 3. Horses, 4. Camels, 5. Primate, with especial reference to mankind. Carnivora The division of the flesh-eating mammals into creodonts and true carnivores has been discussed and the main distinctions emphasized. The modernized forms are also divisible into two groups, the Physopidia, Latin physis meaning cloven, and pes meaning foot, or land carnivores, and the pinnipedia, Latin pinna meaning feather or fin, or seals and sea lions. The latter do not possess the carnassial tooth, and their derivation from any known physipid stock is doubtful. They may well represent an independent line of descent from the creodonts. It will be remembered that Waterman thought he saw, in Patriopolis, the ancestor of the sea lions. The physipid carnivores, or carnassidentia, to use an alternative term, show the following diagnostic characters. 1. Good brain, moderately large and well convoluted. 2. Carnassial tooth, P4 by M1. Premolars in front, more or less sharp, pointed and compressed. Molars behind tuberculated for crushing. 3. Clavicle, collarbone, vestigial or absent. 4. Limbs mobile, with the radius and ulna of the forearm and the tibia and fibula of the lower leg, complete and separate. 5. Digits clawed, never fewer than 4. The principal families are Canidae. These embrace the foxes, dogs and wolves, the most primitive of existing carnivores, cosmopolitan in their distribution, even having attained Australia, though doubtless by the agency of man. They appear first in the Upper Eocene of Europe, are abundant in the Miocene fauna of Europe and North America, and reach India and South America by early Pliocene time. At present, at least 104 species of canids are extant and more than 160 fossil species have been described. Ursidae The bears are omnivorous rather than strictly carnivorous and lack the carnassial teeth. 
Their feet also are plantigrade compared with the digitigrade character of those of most of the order. Bears are widespread today, principally in the northern portions of both hemispheres. In the Old World they extend southward to the Atlas Mountains in northern Africa and to southern India, Borneo, Sumatra and Ceylon. They are also found in the Andean highlands as far south as Bolivia and Chile. They are, however, entirely absent from the Ethiopian and Australian realms. The origin and evolutionary history of the bears is undiscovered, as the earliest recorded fossils are in the Miocene of the Old World. By Upper Pliocene they had reached Eastern Europe, but up to 1916 they were unknown in the New World in rocks older than the Pleistocene. A Pliocene bear, however, has recently been reported from Oregon. Procyonidae. The Procyonids, the raccoons and their kin, with one Asiatic exception, are entirely confined to the New World, especially tropical America. Geologically, they range upward from the primitive Miocene genus Phleocyon, which is the inactant form between this family and the Canidae, although the grinding teeth and plantigrade feet of the raccoon have caused its inclusion by certain authorities with the bears, Mustelidae. This family, which contains the weasels, polecats, badgers and others, while especially abundant in North America, is found the world over, except Australia. Its members are, however, rare in Africa and South America. They are known from the Upper Eocene in Europe and from the Oligocene in North America, and one Miocene form, Megalictus, was gigantic, the skull alone equaling that of a black bear. These four families are known collectively as Arctoidea, or bear-like forms, while the three remaining ones, Viveridae, Hyanidae, and Felidae, are called Aleuroidea, cat-like. Viveridae. These are the civets, genets, and mongooses, and are limited largely to the Ethiopian and Oriental realms, only a half-dozen species being found outside of these areas. The curious Madagascar genus Cryptoprocla, the fossa, forms a connecting link between this family and the cats. About 30 species are known fossil, chiefly from the European tertiary, the genus Vivera itself having persisted since latter Eocene time. Hyanidae The hyenas are loathsome creatures of very dubious repute, as they are largely eaters of carrion. In spite of a rather dog-like appearance, their affinities lie with the viveridae, from which they lately arose. They are confined today to tropical Asia and Africa, but formerly had a much wider range. End of first half of chapter 33